Welcome to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop, where you'll find the unique, the bizarre, and sometimes the haunted. Feel free to look around, peruse the items, and never fear. There's nothing here that bites. Hard, anyway. <laughs> ah, hello there. So wonderful to see you return to Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. I am your shopkeeper, Chris Baker, and today you find us uh, a little unprepared as we are trying to do some cleanup. Uh, I've got my clerk Mordecai in the back cleaning up. We were the we were the target of a social media challenge. Apparently, a group of teenagers thought it would be amusing to rush into the shop, disturb the artifacts, perchance even steal some, and then leave quick as they came in, videoing it all on social media. Unfortunately for them, this shop does have a mind of its own, and as this group of teenagers tossed items about and began stealing others, areas of the walls opened as slithering, sloshing tentacles reached out from some other realm, grasping, choking, and squeezing these unsuspecting teens before pulling them to some unknown destination. We really should put up a warning about our security system. Children should learn not to play games at Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. And therein lies the essence of today's episode of Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop. So let's pull out the kinetoscope and take a look at the new Shutter Original Elevator Game. So Elevator Game is one of those movies that came out on Shudder this past week and I've I've known about it for a little while now. Uh, usually uh, at the beginning of the year I kind of go through and research all the big movies and all the movies at that point that I know that are coming out that I want to check out to possibly do an episode on the podcast, whether it be horror, fantasy, science fiction. But periodically throughout the year, usually every two to three months, I'll re-research because movies that weren't planned at the beginning of the year or weren't announced at the beginning of the year show up as the year goes on. So this is one of those movies that I saw it was coming out on Shutter probably a couple months ago, and I thought, oh, I'll check it out. I didn't really know anything about it, but I knew it was a horror film. I knew it was coming out on Shutter, and like I've said in the past, I mean, Last uh, The last two years, uh, I believe, uh, definitely 2022, 2021, I think, was a pretty good year for Shudder and Shudder Originals, so I thought, uh, this has a potential to be good. Uh, I know this year has been kind of, uh, I can't even say hit or miss with Shudder Originals. It's been mostly miss for me with Shudder Originals, but we are getting closer to Halloween, and in October, that's really when Shudder pulls out uh, all the stops and, and brings out the big guns when it comes to Shudder original horror films. So I thought, ah, we're getting close to the Halloween. Maybe this one will be better than the rest as, you know, they're starting to gear up to, you know, the, the prime time of the year for Shudder to put out original horror films. And I have to say right off the bat that this movie didn't wow me. It didn't stun me. It it wasn't it wasn't a great horror film, but I think it was a, a pretty good horror film. It was one of those movies where I think they had some really good ideas, and I think they got a lot of really good acting out of these young, virtually unknown actors. 
And I think the director is a director that I've had on my radar for a while as being one of those that I I can't wait to see what they come out with next because they've had a a really good track record. And we'll get into all the the nuts and bolts of that. But for the most part, Elevator Game, and we're going to get spoilery here in a little bit. But right now, I'm going to try to keep things as as unspoilery as possible for anyone that hasn't watched this movie and, and would like to. The Elevator Game, the basic premise is that there is this urban legend it goes like this you go to an elevator it can be any elevator and you push a particular sequence of floors once you get to the second to the last floor that you're supposed to hit it's always floor number five and when you get to floor number five you have to close your eyes because if you open them and you see or speak to this spirit that is supposed to come into the elevator with you they will rip you apart so if you keep your eyes closed then the the door shuts on floor five and then you can continue with the sequence which there is only one more floor you hit floor number one and instead of going to floor number one it's supposed to take you all the way up to floor number 10 which is the third to last floor that you go to in the original sequence but it'll take you there and it's supposed to open up a portal to another dimension, a red world, if you will, where this this spirit lives, known as the fifth floor girl. Or I, I don't, I don't know. I, I didn't like that because it really the the whole fifth floor didn't really have anything to do with the lore behind the girl. And we'll get into that in the spoilery section. But this group of of teenagers, they're fresh out of high school. They're like many teenagers that are trying to be famous on social media. They've got their own little web show where they go and do these scary challenges and, you know, trying to make a name for themselves. They don't want to have to go to college. They don't want to have to go work a real job. So they're trying to be famous. And and that's what I think the basic premise of this movie is. It's, it's dealing a lot with social media challenges, TikTok challenges, urban legends and urban myths and fame chasing to to a lesser degree there's there's not really a lot of that in this other than the fact that these kids are trying to make their way in the world through social media but then when someone doesn't play the game right a spirit is unleashed on them all and terror ensues kind of a a broad base description of this plot and and i have to say for the most part it it wasn't a bad movie like i said i I thought the acting was really good we'll get into the actors here uh, in a little bit but there's not a lot to say other than how much i liked the job they did because really only one of them has been in anything that i'm aware of not any movies that i watched but i i probably should have watched them well again We'll discuss that here briefly once we get into the spoilery section. But I think the cast was really good. I enjoyed uh, all the characters. And and these characters are, you know, very stereotypical characters for, for this type of movie. You have the, the asshole Chris, who is kind of like the star. And he's kind of a dickhead, played by Alec Carlos, who does a really good job. He's, he's the one. He's been in a couple films. He was in Orphan First Kill, which 
I know of it. I never watched it. Tales from the Hood 3, which came out in 2020. Uh, again, a movie I'm aware of. Never actually watched it. He did some uh, a couple episodes of Tales from the Loop, uh, a series that I wanted to watch and never watched. So I, now that I've seen him, and he, he does a really good job at playing an asshole in this movie. And I liked his performance. The character is a character that you... You can't wait to see them meet their untimely demise. Then there's Izzy, played by Madison McIsaac. Does a really good job. She is the rich girl, but she's not snooty. She's not stuck up. She plays a rich girl you can you can actually like. Now, I'm probably going to butcher this uh, actor's name, Nazari Demkovich. He plays Maddie. He's kind of like the nerdy guy who is afraid of everything, but he knows a lot about the occult, stuff like that. Uh, he does a really good job with this character. The character felt like it was going to be annoying at some points, but, but he did a really good job, you know, pulling back when he needed to. Uh, there's Kevin. He's kind of like the brains of the operation and the money, uh, getting all the sponsors and stuff like that. He does a, a fine job. Then there's Verity Marks, who plays Chloe. Uh, she was really good in this. Uh, really kind of the star of the show that I thought was a, an excellent actor and kind of looking for. I, I think all of them. I was really looking forward to seeing them in more things in the future. But, but this guy in particular, Gino Anania, uh, hopefully I'm pronouncing that right, plays Ryan. He's, uh, you know, he does a really good job with this character, kind of like the new guy with some ulterior motives. So all of these actors, really good and probably one of the best parts of this movie. I think the effects were were pretty good. They did a lot of practical effects. Uh, they did some like CG effects that, that weren't horrible uh, because I think they stayed away from CG blood for the most part or at least squirting, splurting CG blood. That's always when it's its the worst or dripping CG blood. Uh, always horrible. I, I don't care. I mean, you could spend a ton of money and probably make it look good. But if you're not spending a ton of money, it looks horrible always. But, but they didn't do a lot of that. So I think that worked. Uh, in the one scene that they may have, it actually it actually worked for the scene because it was very quick. We'll get into that in the spoiler section. But yeah, it's got a lot of it's got a lot of good scares, uh, good effects. It has some decent kills. I, I think there's a couple really interesting kills. It's got a little bit of gore to it. It's got some mythology that I don't think always works but it's still an interesting idea and it had a couple really creepy scenes uh, now for a horror movie I wish this had more scares and more creepy scenes in it and that's probably one of my biggest drawbacks that it wasn't as scary as I was hoping it would be and I think a lot of this movie gets lost in itself it's an hour 34 minutes but I think there's a lot of time taken up with dialogue that just isn't necessary and the the story kind of meanders in some aspects where they could have spent a little more time in in another area of this film that I think would have better served the creepiness, better served the atmosphere, and better served the movie as a whole. Again, I'll get a little more into detail with that coming up in the spoiler section. But if you haven't watched Elevator Game on Shudder, I think it's worth a watch. It's got a lot of good things going for it. Not a great movie, but not a horrible movie. And I've heard some people, I've heard some people saying they really like it. Some people saying it's trash. Uh, I, I can't. You know, I can. You can make a point for either one of those. I tend to lean more towards it's an all right movie. And it still leaves me hoping that Shudder will really wow us, kind of like they did last year 
with with some of the movies that they came out. Uh, one of those being from this director, Rebecca McKendry, uh, directed this, and she and her husband Dan uh, had both directed Glorious, which came out on Shutter last year, which was a fantastic movie. Uh, this one wasn't quite up to that level. But again, we'll talk a little more about that in the spoiler section. So if you haven't watched Elevator Game, go check it out on Shudder now. It is, it's definitely worth at least a watch. Um, and I think you might even enjoy some aspects of it. You're probably not going to enjoy the whole thing. Like I didn't, there were a lot of things I didn't enjoy about this, but there were a lot of things I did which made it entertaining. And that is what I want. I want to be entertained. So go watch Elevator Game on Shudder. Then come back, listen to my thoughts. But from here on out, we are going to talk about this movie and there are going to be a lot of spoilers. So like I said, this movie, Elevator Game, directed by Rebecca McKendry. Now, usually she does work with her husband, David Ian McKendry. They did a couple movies that I really loved, like Glorious, which came out last year. Uh, they also did All the Creatures Were Stirring, a Christmas horror anthology. And one of the things I really loved about their directing and, and the movies they make is that they do a lot with little. All of these are fairly low-budget horror films, but they they really amp up a lot of atmosphere. Like All the Creatures Were Stirring, there's a lot of low-budget feel to that movie, but all the stories were really good and really compelling. And outside, I think it was the first story and all the creatures were stirring, felt really cheap. Uh, I think that's the one where they're in the office. But anyway, the rest of the stories in that movie, I thought, looked bigger budget than they probably were and really dealt with a lot of interesting stories and a lot of interesting topics and a lot of interesting areas of horror and they were filmed very well glorious is another one where it's essentially a chamber play it all takes place in this rest stop bathroom for the most part 95 percent of this movie takes place in this one area and it is mainly all just dialogue between the two actors that are that are involved in this and it, it could have been boring but it wasn't. It was very intriguing and engaging, and and the story was very captivating. So they had a, a really good track record with this team up between Rebecca and, and David McKendry. Uh, they didn't team up with this on the directing, although David McKendry was a part of the writing team. David Ian McKendry, along with Travis Seppala, who I'm not terribly familiar with, and Rebecca McKendry directed this. And I have to say, from a directing standpoint, I, I thought the movie was directed very well. It was shot very well. There's, you know, there's some good shots. Nothing, ah, nothing that's going to blow your mind. But I really enjoyed what she brought to the table because from a quality standpoint, and this is another low budget film that felt bigger budget than it probably was. I think where this film fell apart was in some predictability with the story, some like trying to do too much with the story. I think it was all in the storytelling that took me out of it. The movie opens up with this girl playing the elevator game and meeting her untimely demise. And then we go to these, these kids that are doing this internet show where they go around and they 
uh, take part in a lot of these scary, creepy challenges and games, urban legends, stuff like that. And then all of a sudden, from out of nowhere, they get a new guy. He's an intern. He's going to do this for free. He wants to come and be a part of this because he's a fan of the show. And I don't know, maybe like two minutes into this character being introduced, I'm like, oh, this is the brother of the girl that got killed in the first scene. If I spoiled that for you, uh, I told you there were going to be spoilers. Which, you know, that is kind of a staple of horror films. The the avenging sibling or the avenging family member that's trying to find out what happened at the hands of some sort of serial killer or slasher or what have you. I mean, we've seen that before. And, and you know, I'm one that I'm not going to bitch because a tried and true trope of, of a horror is being used yet again because we've seen it a hundred times. We'll probably see it a thousand more. So I didn't mind that, but I saw it coming a mile away, as I'm sure you did. The problem I had with that, though, is that he is trying to steer them towards doing this uh, this elevator game so he can find out about his sister. And then when the truth comes out that he's doing this to find his sister, everybody gets mad at him. His love interest, Chloe, gets mad at him. And then we got to spend the whole time of them trying to make up. And, and, and they didn't spend a ton of time on it, but... Anytime they did spend on, you know, having to have dialogue where she doesn't trust him anymore, that just took away from doing things in other areas that we'll talk about coming up that would have been more interesting. Even the whole first act of this movie and the, even the first scene of this movie where you're having this like little meeting between all the members of this show and, and having to figure out why they have to play this game. Because they don't want to initially. It's a game they've heard about and they didn't think it was interesting enough. And they had to talk about that. And then they had to talk about all the reasons why they need sponsors. And, you know, they've all got uh, apartments they've had to move into because they're not going to college. And they need the money. And the sponsor's going to pull unless they get a show out right now. And just all this rigmarole of why they have to do this elevator game right now and it just it seemed like way too much setup for something that could have been done a lot more simple and like i said leave you time in this hour 34 runtime to spend it on more interesting scary things now business really picks up once they finally do go to this this hotel or actually i think it's an office building and it's actually the office building that the Ryan character's sister was killed in that very first scene. So they're play playing the game. And this is where the game gets kind of cocked up because somebody looks when they should have been uh, closing their eyes on the fifth floor. And this unleashes the fifth floor girl. Again, I, I hate the name for that because it really has nothing to do with anything. I'll talk about that next. But I do want to talk about this. Uh, but this is really where things get creepy and get scary because the spirit is unleashed and then starts kind of tracking all these kids down and, and killing them off one by one. It starts off with the Izzy and Kevin characters, which I thought was probably one of the best kills because this, this spirit is supposed to walk into the elevator behind you while you're closing your eyes. And they, when they get to the fifth floor, they don't close their eyes and they're like, oh shit, we got to close our eyes. So they close them. The spirit comes in and... The door closes and they're like, oh, nothing. And then all of a sudden this hand bursts through Kevin's neck 
from the back to the front and blood and guts and, and everything just flies everywhere. Well, maybe not guts, it's his neck. It was a good jump scare. It was good body horror. It was gross and gory. And I was really disappointed, though, they did that. Then you really didn't see the Izzy character meet her untimely demise. You just kind of see her running back and forth in the elevator as the door closes. I, I was a little disappointed in that because that could have made... And, you know, she was a character you liked. You didn't want to see her die, but this is a horror film, so why not? Why not show her death? Now, it's after this that we kind of do get some context because the Chloe character, she's the one that's really into research. So she's pissed off at Ryan because Ryan lied to them about why he wanted to, to go to this, play this elevator game. And she's doing research on this fifth floor woman and the elevator game. This, I think, is an idea where they had the idea of the elevator game. You know, this sequence of floors that you have to hit before you open up this portal to a new dimension. And I think they reverse engineered it. I think they had the idea of that. I think they had the idea of the fifth floor girl where you have to close your eyes when you get to the fifth floor or the spirit's going to attack you. And then again, they had to reverse engineer. Well, why would this spirit be here? Okay, they died on the elevator. And instead of having to die on the elevator on the fifth floor, that would have made sense why the fifth floor was significant. But no, they didn't do that because they had her getting crushed underneath the elevator because she was a college pledge and she got locked under the elevator and it came down and squished her. But she didn't die there. Uh, she got caught in the gears and it ripped her apart. That's why when, if you don't close your eyes on the fifth floor, she rips you apart. Again, it was a little bit of putting the cart before the horse or having the idea and then reverse engineering instead of having uh, an idea of, of this character and, well, let's think of what would happen to this character to get us to where we need to be with the door opening up on the fifth floor and the, the portal to another dimension. Except a lot of good ideas that I just don't think they connected all the dots completely with. But I think one of the best kills, and maybe not the best kill, I really do think the Kevin kill was probably the best kill, but probably one of the most anticipated kills was the Chris character, played by Alec Carlos, who, like I said, he did a really good job of playing a dickhead and playing an asshole. And he was the one character that, like, you couldn't... Everyone else you liked. And he was the one character that you just didn't like. And you couldn't wait to see him get killed. And and the scene was was really creepy. I uh, Kind of having that shadow of the ghost move out from the shadows. And him kind of rising off the floor. And then having being twisted around. Uh, it, was, it was gross and creepy. And that was one of the scenes that you really got some good atmosphere and some tension from. And, and was it, maybe it wasn't terribly scary, but it was chilling. Maybe not as chilling as I wanted it to be, but it was chilling enough that, uh, that it, it kind of creeped me out. The other th scene that I thought was really creepy was the scene where Ryan goes into the elevator by himself to play the game. And he finally does open up the portal to this, this red world where the fifth floor girl lives. And he steps into it. And it was early on enough in the movie, I thought, oh shit, this is going to go in into like some 
other dimension stuff that that I didn't expect with this movie. And I thought, oh, he's looking for his sister, Becky, and he's going to start exploring this world. And we're going to see what this, this alternate dimension is like and why is it all red. And then they just didn't really do anything with that. Outside of the really cool scene where he's... He stepped out of the building in this this alternate red dimension, which I wish it was a little more red. Uh, it, it felt like pink at sometimes. I like I thought it was the red world, not the pink world. But at any rate, he's standing there on this this desolate street in the middle of the night, and he sees under a street light the silhouette of a, a girl that he thinks is his sister Becky, and you know it's not. And of course, if you saw the trailer, you know it's not because you have to see some of that scene play out, which is a little disappointing because this is one of the creepier, scarier moments in the movie and they gave it away. I'm coming to realize that studios that don't have any faith in a movie do that. They, they put in all the scares, or at least some of the big scares, some of the big benchmark moments for a movie. They put it in the trailer because they feel like that's the best moment. That's the moment that's going to draw people in. And it's going to draw people in hoping that, hey, you know, that's just one of many scary scenes. And they're afraid that if they don't put that in, people aren't going to find it scary. And so let's just put all the scary moments in and wait till we've got people's money in our pockets before they realize that, no, those are the only really scary moments. <laughs> but that, you know, well, like I said, was one of the, one of the couple really seminal scary moments for this movie and they gave it away but it was still creepy even though i'd seen it because i watched the trailer before i watched this movie and it was still creepy because it plays out longer it you know that's oh an excellent example of where rebecca mckendry has some really good patience and some really good instincts when it comes to horror and she lingers on this shot uh long enough to give you pause as to, oh, well, maybe this is Becky. I I'm pretty sure it's the fifth floor girl, but maybe it is Becky. And then all of a sudden, that head swings back, like backwards, and is looking at him with the head flopped back. And then she starts walking towards him like that. And it's just creepy and unnerving. And it's got a very unearthly feel to it. And like I said, probably one of the scariest scenes in the movie for my bunny. I didn't talk about Maddie's death. I, I didn't really like that. Uh, I mean, it, it played for some humor when he's got everybody, you know, him and Chloe and Ryan in the salt circle. And he thinks that's going to protect him from, from the ghost like he's in Supernatural or something. And then all of a sudden she steps across it and starts eating him, biting his neck zombie style. Ah, uh, that, it just, I don't know. It just wasn't very imaginative, I don't think. And I would have liked to have seen something a little more, a little more pizzazz. Because like I said, you had some really cool deaths early on. You had Kevin's death. You had Chris's death. Didn't really get to see much of Becky or Izzy's death. But I wanted something more. Maybe because we missed out on two deaths, really. I figured you had to go, you know, all out with this. And then I think another issue I had with this movie was that the ending was a little unclear. And I'm fine with leaving, you know, an ending with a question mark. That's not the problem here. It's just... I wasn't sure exactly what they were going for because you had Ryan and Chloe figuring out that you play the elevator game, you open the portal, you have to play it again to close the portal. So they go to to play the game and close the portal and that's what they do 
And then all of a sudden they realize that the fifth floor girl has changed the game or that that wasn't how you closed the portal. It was very unclear. Uh, it was unclear because you have the Chloe character dying. And, and like I said, again, a very uh, lackluster death for her. And then it seems like Ryan's going to die. You hear his sister whisper his name and kind of a f- cut to black and uh, the end question mark really is left. So I wasn't really sure because, uh, like I said, they they probably could have explored this red world a little more. I think that's probably one of my biggest regrets of this movie is that I didn't get to see more of that. You know, Ryan goes in there looking for his sister, but he, you know, he sees the fifth floor girl and then gives up, abandons all hope and (laughs) heads back to the elevator. And he never really looks for his sister. And there's a moment when they do the elevator game again and he sees the silhouette of his sister outside of this building that they're in and uh, never really seems to, you know, try to contact her. And, And I don't know where they were going with that, whether they're trying to say that now that she's been brought into the red world by the fifth floor girl, that she is an evil spirit like her or, It's just a trick from the Red Floor Girl that, you know, Becky was not there at all. But this alternate dimension, this Red World that the the Fifth Floor Girl lives in is is something that I wish they really would have explored because I thought that would have taken this to a different level, an unexpected level. This would have been a twist that I would have not seen coming from this movie given the trailer that I watched or anything that I had read about it. And it would have taken it into... I don't know, uncharted territory that I think all bets would have been off for me because for the most part, I was like, I kind of see where this is going. Nothing really surprised me about this until they had Ryan open up this portal and go into the red world. And that's where I was like, oh shit, this is, this is not what I expected was going to happen at this point in the movie. I thought it was going to be like a ninth gate scenario where it's, you know, the gates not opened up until the very end of the movie. And then you get this ambiguous ending. Uh, I thought this was going to be something where they do open the gate, but it's like during the climax at the very end of the movie. And that's not what happened. So I, I was really disappointed that they didn't explore this world a little more. And if the idea that Becky was in there, it could have made that more of a, a focal point of this story. Where instead of explaining to me why all these kids need money because they're in apartments they can't afford because they decided to do an internet-based web series instead of going to college or getting real jobs, I would have rather seen them kind of going into this red world and exploring that and the horrors that could have lay within. Uh, I would have rather seen that than seeing a bunch of kids bitching about the fact that they uh, have rent that they can't pay. Believe me, kids, it doesn't end there. <laughs> but while I did have some some issues with the storytelling, there were just facets of this movie and this story that I just wish would have played out a little differently. I did like the cast. Like I said, I I like the cast. I like the direction. I like the look of the movie. I thought the movie looked good. I thought the creature design on the fifth floor girl was not groundbreaking, but it was just different enough that, you know, when you got a, a good look and you never really got a good look for long, it was it was very bizarre and like I said, kind of almost otherworldly. The 
bugged out eyes and the the split mouth and it was pretty creepy you know now that i think of it it kind of reminds me of the lights out short film that came out here oh geez several years back uh and they they did the feature film of it but it just it just wasn't as scary as the little short film that but when you got the reveal of this this creature in lights out it kind of reminded me of the fifth floor girl or the fifth floor girl kind of reminded me of it. So uh, while it wasn't anything spectacular or like I said, groundbreaking in creature design, it was a creepy enough creature design that, that when you did get a good shot of it, it made me kind of bristle up. So i like that. The, the effects were, were pretty good. The practical effects, the CG wasn't bad. They didn't depend on CG a ton, so that that really helped out this movie a lot. And I think those things, the cast, the the effects, the look, the feel, uh, it, it did have some some really good scenes with a lot of creepy atmosphere. Maybe not a ton of scares, but enough scares that worked that I made me enjoy this as a horror film. Could have always been more. Could have always been better. But but it wasn't terrible. And for me, that was enough for, for me to be entertained for the hour and 34 minutes that this movie ran, which never really felt like it was running too long. There may have been a couple points where the, the action kind of dipped down, where Ryan and Chloe meet on top of the building and they're having some dialogue and discussing things. I think things kind of slowed down a little too much there before, you know, picking back up. But like I said, just when you thought it felt a little long, business picked back up and I think the pacing was pretty good. I think this story just got weighed down by a little too much exposition early on in the film. And I think it was a lore to a game. I mean, the game was already kind of not complicated, but it involves some steps. And when when you have a, a game that takes that much explaining, okay, you got to go to this floor, and then you got to go to that floor, and then you got to go to this floor, and you got to go to this floor, but you got to keep your eyes closed until the doors close, and then you got to go to another floor, and that will take you to a different floor, and then you'll go to another dimension. When you've got to explain the game like that, Having to explain the lore behind the game about the fifth floor girl and why she is the way she is, that's got to be concise and it can't be complicated and it can't be confusing. And it's, you know, I think that's where it's got to make sense within the context of the game. And I just don't think it did. If you could have tied in some reason why the fifth floor was significant, I think that would have connected a couple dots that I felt was missing in this movie. But all in all, not the best film of the year, but not the worst film of the year. I enjoyed it well enough. I'll probably never watch it again, but I think it was, a, like I said, an entertaining enough movie, and it was an entertaining enough idea. This, I think, is a movie that probably, like, Probably the last Shutter movie I talked about, and I can't even remember which one that is, which is sad to say because that's how how much of an impact it left on me. But I, I think you know this is a movie that could have used another draft or maybe another another writer to kind of help condense some ideas and make things a little more concise and streamlined a little better in the lore and the and the at the beginning of this film I think this the beginning of this film weighed down the rest of the film and I think some of the lore weighed down the film the acting the look the feel of it the direction uh, I think is what brought this film back to to me really liking it 
And like I said, while I'll probably never watch this movie again, uh, I am glad that I took the time to watch it when I did. And it was good enough that I'm excited to see what Rebecca McKendry and David McKendry have coming up next. Because I, they're two filmmakers that, while I, thanks to this movie, haven't loved everything they've done, everything that I've seen so far, glorious, all the creatures were stirring, I loved both of those films. And even though this, I think, was a, a tiny step back, I'm still excited to see what those two directors and those two filmmakers have coming up next. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on the Shutter Original Elevator game. You can check it out on Shutter right now. It came out this past uh, past Friday, I believe, and definitely worth a watch. You should at least take the time to watch it. Don't take what I say or don't take what anyone else says about it. Make up your own mind. Watch it and see what you think about it. And uh, I think you'll enjoy it well enough. Even if you don't love it, there's enough of good in it to enjoy the movie, if you let yourself. So I want to thank everyone for listening to my thoughts on Elevator Game. Check us out on Odds Bodkin's Curiosity Shop on social media. Facebook, we're always posting trailers and articles I find all over the internet from horror, fantasy, and science fiction. I like to add my two cents. A lot of other things we're posting as well. You can also check us out on Instagram. And no matter where you listen to this podcast, please follow it, like it, subscribe to it. Whatever particular podcast of choice uh, calls it, do that. That way you can stay on top of all the new episodes, as well as leaving a review. Five stars will be awesome, but whatever review you leave, we do appreciate that. And most importantly of all, share this podcast with anyone that you know that loves horror, fantasy, and science fiction, and help spread the word, help us build up our numbers so you know we can keep doing this and uh, talking about all the movies and TV series and books and music and anything that deals with horror fantasy and science fiction so we can keep doing that because this is what i really love to do so i want to thank everyone for taking the time to listen and until next time thank you for visiting odds bodkin's curiosity shop we hope that you found something to your liking and visit the shop again soon but even though you may come back you never really get to leave odds bodkin's curiosity shop Ha 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 ha!